Okay, guys, we're back with the We Make Supplements podcast today. Sean, how you doing? I'm doing well, Encore. How are you today? I experienced snow for the first time in Pittsburgh this week, and um, last year I escaped every single time I saw a flurry come down from the sky, <laughs> and I saw no car accidents yesterday. I saw one on my way home. Today, when there's no snow, as I'm driving to the office, this guy breaks for no reason and causes a three-car pileup <laughs> on 376, and I think I just like skirted right by it. Crazy. I'm glad you were not in an accident. Speaking of bumping into things, I'm running around at expos, and uh, all of a sudden I bump into this guy who's also holding a camera doing a vlog, and I'm like, who's this? No one's doing that in the industry. And you know, I introduce myself, he introduces himself. I'm like, oh my God, I've seen your videos on LinkedIn. I'm like, you have to come to Pittsburgh for an episode, right? We got to make this happen. So we have Joshua Shaw here today joining us for the We Make Supplements podcast. How's it going? Good. Honored to be here. This isn't your first trip to Pittsburgh, right? No. So I grew up in Youngstown, Ohio, about an hour west um, of Pittsburgh. So I've been in and out of Pittsburgh my whole life. I'm so sorry, man. <laughs> I don't I, You know, my grandparents are from Pittsburgh. I grew up as a Pittsburgh Steeler fan, at least initially. And then I kind of revolted against that. But uh, I have a little bit of Pittsburgh running through my blood. Who are you rooting for now? Uh, Redskins, which is terrible. I don't, I like feel bad about, don't, yeah, don't razz me for that. Redskins? <laughs> yeah, fan? like, I mean, like the worst team in the NFL right now, so it's not good. <laughs> Never mind, I don't feel bad for you anymore. Yeah. You're a masochist. <laughs> you choose to put yourself in these situations. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like when I picked to uh, be a fan when I was like five years old, it's like you pick these teams, and then all of a sudden they're terrible for the next. 30 years of your life. It's like, <laughs> how, why didn't I pick like the Patriots? Why didn't I pick the Yankees? Why didn't I pick these teams that like been good over the last 30 years? Like I picked these teams that are just terrible. And like, I've been even like, ride this, or die. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I always joke because like my other choice would have been Cleveland teams, which uh, is another oh, factory man. of sadness anyway. So like either way I would have been in a bad <laughs> situation. You would have had LeBron for a couple of years. Yeah. I could have felt good about that. Much, yeah. but <laughs> okay. So, uh, let's talk about content creation and the, th the stuff that you do in the market. So I guess there might be some people that listen to We Make Supplements that don't know who you are. So why don't you tell everyone who you are first? Yeah, so I'm Joshua Shaw. I mean, I've been in the industry now for a little bit over a decade, um, but I started in, on the brand side. I worked with uh, Muscle Farm for a few years, and then I kind of transitioned into being a management like strategy consultant uh, for the last about seven years. But uh, about four to five years ago, I started to create content in the industry, but it was geared towards like the business side. So wasn't uh, doing like reviews on protein or, or the things that you see a lot of like the content creators doing in our industry. It was very much like peek behind the curtains of the industry from the boardroom perspective and kind of tell that story a little bit and also just give a lot of value to the other business members, the other community members in uh, the industry, because I felt like they were just not getting any of that information. It was like all held close to the chest of uh, the people in the, in the industry, the leaders of the industry. They were not willing to kind of give up any of that information. And I said, you know, we should be trying to leave the industry better than where we came in. It's kind of that altruistic type of an, a thought pattern, at least that I have. So my content is all geared around trying to bring up the industry uh, to a kind of a bigger level, uh, kind of a more mature level. Uh, and hopefully through the tons of YouTube videos and articles and things that I've done over the four to five years, hopefully it's adding, you know, small incremental changes. Everybody can kind of think differently, think bigger. Sean, how much does that hit home for us? 
I mean, it hits home. It hits home quite a bit, right? right. Now, I I met Josh. I think on on LinkedIn yeah. probably a year or two ago, just watching his content come out uh, when I was dabbling with B two B on on LinkedIn, just putting content, and I was just really impressed. So I think I reached out and just said, "Hey, just want to connect with you. You're going to be at the next uh, Olympia yeah. or Arnold or Expo West. Can't remember." Uh, and just watching his content, um, I like to call it like the professional content, right? It's professionalizing our industry. It's more consumer packaged goods. And, and it is different than what everyone else is putting out there. There's a lot of value when you read your articles and stuff. And, and I think I like, I like to believe that on the manufacturing side, we've tried to do that. We've tried to be transparent um, and professionalize manufacturing, let people know what we do here, how we do it. Um, and as opposed to just, you know, hiding in the shadows, like a lot of people have done over the years in this industry. Yeah, because it's kind of the, at least how everybody's perception of supplements is Wild Wild West. There's no regulations. There's none of that kind of stuff, which is completely incorrect. And it, the unfortunate thing is there's just not people that are putting out positive information um, to change that narrative. Unfortunately, everybody just lets the narrative run because mass media is kind of getting their hands on it. And they're only telling the negative side of the industry. And it takes people uh, like us in this room to stand up and say, there's there's a different way to think about this. There's actually a, a ton of regulation. It's very close to pharmaceutical um, type of uh, regulations. And unfortunately, uh, there's just not enough of us talking that's actually changing that narrative yet. Hopefully, we're kind of starting it, being a change yeah. agent. You know, you're seeing more and more people, at least over these last four to five years that I've been putting content out, you're starting to see more people put out business or professional content in the industry, which hopefully I, I had some inspiration around uh, a little bit and seen, hey, there's actually some people that are interested in this. You know, it's not a waste of time. It's actually useful. Wait, let's talk about this. Who's, who's putting out content? There's, I mean, there's still not a lot of people putting out content. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you get some people on LinkedIn that are kind of trying their best and I, I don't want to say that this is like a hot button of mine or not, but it's like, make sure you choose who you listen to at least. what I'll say is that there's a lot of people that maybe can regurgitate information, but there's also people that are actually putting out information that's, you can't Google. Like uh, my content, at least that I try to do is like, it would be you going to a conference and listening to me speak for 15 minutes on topics like that. It's not necessarily regurgitating um, just information that I see like in a press release or something like that. It's actually giving some insights that's going to help you in your business, hopefully get better. And, and you're doing that content based on past experience and research, right? So that's why it's original content versus, oh, I see something on MSNBC, so I'm going to forward it on and put a new new branding Look, face Josh on Josh is a legitimate expert. When you hear him talk about stuff, I geek out a little bit. I'm like, oh, wow, yeah. he knows some vocabulary that I haven't like brought <laughs> up in a while. I'm like, What can I like pull out of my little like repository of words? But uh, I think it's important to identify that there's no one really making content in the CPG space. I mean, there's brands that make content about that brand, right? Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, Lambos and hot hot women and stuff like that. There's definitely a lot of that content I've, in I've our never industry. made any content with hot women or Lamborghinis, <laughs> I swear. That you did were the not inventor happen. of that. that did not like, <laughs> I think he was, you know. It's but like, yeah, but on the professional side to what he's talking about, like there there are businesses being run behind a lot of that, right? And I think some of the the business acclimate behind it is not there with a lot of these companies. So the, the ones who understand business, like you mentioned, from the boardroom, right, and from 
executives and, and consultants who are actually helping run and run the strategy on these businesses and grow these businesses, not just top line growth, but actually growing businesses profitably and working towards getting businesses to where they are profitable and scalable, that there's not a lot of that in this industry. So people that are starting to talk about it and have been talking about it, I, th- I think are the, the tip of the spearhead because I think this industry will professionalize over time. You know, what I've found, and this is even with major consultancies like, you know, the McKinsey's or the Bain's, like the, the ones that don't necessarily um, have too much action in our industry just because it's too fragmented. The, the businesses are, are just small on a, uh, you know, they couldn't charge what they need to charge. You also don't see them putting out a ton of content. And a lot of it comes down to that's how they necessarily charge their clients like with that information where I'm putting it out there. It, it's maybe more in a more generalized way because I think that anybody that has worked with me or worked with a true management or strategy consultant is it's all individualized. It's very much everything is a special snowflake. I don't I can't approach the same situation um, the same way all the time. It's always different. There's different variables. There's different resources. There's different outcomes that you're looking to get. And if you're coming in there with just like a set plan, like here's my uh, five things you need to do and, and you're going to pay me for my ebook. Like It's not going to happen. So you see a lot of these major consultancies, these big four type of consultancies that don't put content out because necessarily they don't want to give away their secret sauce where I'm saying, I put it out there. Um, hopefully people can get some value out of it. And then eventually when they have something that I hit on that they need some really individualized uh, work with, they contact me. That's kind of the goal, at least, yeah. um, you know, hopefully where people could kind of see things. It's not something where I'm telling people, you know, buy my ebook or, or whatever. So. so so, are we saying that people are afraid to put out content because they don't want to give out too much information? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a matter of two. Th- they don't want to give away too much of what they could charge for because I think people might not necessarily have. Uh, to me, I feel like I have endless amount of value to give to these clients. So I'm not worried about giving away some of it to them. Um, where a lot of people, they might not have endless amount. They only have those um, couple pitches in their Talking repertoire. Points, yeah. yeah, that they're that's all they can charge on. So if they give that away, all of a sudden that changes the whole dynamic of their business. They can't do that. I think the other thing is that content necessarily, like it um, exposes you, especially like with YouTube or the type of stuff that I do, either people can listen to it or watch it and say, this guy's full of crap. Or they're going to look at it and go, this guy knows his stuff. And I think it really exposes everything. I have to be extremely knowledgeable about the subject matter, but I also have to be authentic to myself. So when somebody does meet me in real life, they go, wow, he's just not a talking head. He actually does understand this stuff from the ins and outs of like our individual situation. Yeah, that's, that's very helpful. Uh, how do people reach out to you uh, and how do they get a hold of you? Is it mainly through the social media platforms? Is it you're walking the shows? I mean, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, how would they get in touch with you? Yeah, I mean, just in your case, Sean, and, and just as well, I mean, we, we basically uh, all met through social media. I mean, originally, I mean, that was kind of how it worked. And a lot of people initially kind of contact me through social media. LinkedIn is kind of the one that I think I have the most um, connections and the most amount of the content that I'm always on there for. Uh, but I always just spread out my email. I spread out everything. I'm just always I tell people it's very easy to find me. If you just Google my name, the first three or four pages is just all kind of stuff that I put out there. So if you can't find a way to get a hold of me, uh, you're not, you're not, you know, looking. Yeah. I, I think there are people that need to start making content. Oh, I agree. Okay. Now, the question is, how do these people start? I mean, how did you start making content? Did you just, like, buy a camera, start recording? Did you teach yourself how to edit? Do you work with the team? Me, at the beginning, because of 
I'm kind of introverted. And at the time, I didn't really feel comfortable being on camera. I wrote articles. Uh, that was easy for me. Being that I went and got my, uh, my MBA, I, I was really a college kind of classically trained business person that I was used to um, writing research papers or writing, um, you know, different notes or things like that, where um, I was easily able to kind of tell that story through like a professional way. So that was more comfortable for me to like write it down. I also, at the time, I didn't really want people to know um, me as much. I guess I didn't want to be in, in front of, of the camera so much. I wanted to be in the shadows and just kind of work with brands. Nobody needed to know who was behind or pulling the kind of puppet strings of these brands. They just needed to uh, know that I was out there and I was providing some information. But eventually I realized that um, I was working with a ton of different brands and I was telling them to do all these things with content, video content. Um, they had to get out there and start documenting. They had to start putting their personal brand out there. Started, but I wasn't doing it myself. So re realistically, I looked in the mirror one day and I said, like, you're just like a fake. Like, you need to start doing this yourself. So literally picked up a camera and just started doing it. And now we're you know, almost a year and a half in or so and, and 200 videos in. And now it seems so weird that I, I didn't want to do it for so long because I was scared. I mean, Sean, how'd you get into content creation? I mean, really, I think through meeting you, to be completely honest, right? I mean, same way. I mean, for me, I looked at content creation as, you know, just this big, scary black hole of like, you know, how do you edit photos? How do you edit videos? Who do you call? How much should they charge, right? And Guys, I kid you not. If I go to my text messages from Sean, there's like seven images in there right now. I'm like, yeah, what do you think of this edit? What do you think yeah. of this edit? Can I post this? <laughs> Is this IG worthy? <laughs> I mean, but you've, you've got a great eye for what people want to see and, and the content that people want to see. But if, if, you, if you don't have somebody who understands that stuff, I think for most people getting into it, they're either going to get way overcharged by some agency to handle, you know, the, the creation of their content, um, or, or they're going to try to do it themselves. And it's not going to be at the quality that either they or their company would expect to put out. So you kind of get stuck where it's like, I don't want to spend all this money that this agency is wanting to charge me, but I also don't want to, you know, put out content that looks like this, that I'm trying to piece together myself at home. So I think that to me was the biggest roadblock for content was not having somebody I could say, hey, no, editing that video shouldn't cost $4,000. It should be $400 and it should take three days, you know. And if you don't have that, I think it's very difficult. So um, when I met you, that's when we started. I, I always feel like I had content in my head that I, when we first talked, it was, hey, you know, I want to start letting people know what we do here. Right. And I knew I wanted to let people know that we make supplements and we, you know, have great quality and great people here at this facility. Um, I didn't know how to relay that message. And when I was able to talk to you, you were able to relay my message better than than me, actually. So, Josh, what he said was that his life got way better after I showed up. <laughs> um, I think for me, content became a uh, I think I had to start doing because I think within the industry, I was identified as an expert, but I think in, in the public, I wasn't. And that's something I'd have to change, you know, now that I was going into more of a consulting role for different brands, for manufacturing, all these different opportunities. But <clears throat> when I have content related to what it is that I want to teach someone or, or like anything in that area, like I'm immediately the category expert with what I'm talking about. I mean, not only can I back it, there's like a visual piece of proof of something that was published that is talking about whatever it is. I have this one article on Medium, um, why I love packaging, 
right? And I think it's gotten 10,000 some views on it right now, which is kind of amazing because I get little checks from Medium every time someone reads it. But um, I just feel like, I mean, I think after coming to STC is when I started like claiming that I'm a packaging expert, right? When it comes to designing and like, you know, proof is in the pudding, right? Is that yeah. that's what the statement is? Proof is in the pudding. Yeah. Okay. As I, I notice this as an immigrant, I always mess up those sayings. You you should just do your own sayings then. Yeah. Start start <laughs> start sayings. a trend. Start a trend. Hashtag we, we yeah. make supplements. That's gonna be yeah, like yeah. the thing, right? <laughs> um, but I, I just think it's important for people out there that want to be identified as an expert in the category. You have to go put out some content. And I think it's important for people to remember, like, you have to actually be an expert at what you're talking about. I think that what, you know, like, I was, you know, hardcore into what I was talking about before I actually got out there on my little soapbox and started doing it. Like, for years, I was doing this in uh, boardrooms or in meetings or with brands uh, before I ever spoke in public about anything. And then it was finally, you know, many years later, five plus years later, that all of a sudden I'm like, I feel confident enough to at least put this first piece of article out. Let's see what the reaction is. Is it going to get validated by the market? Which is, I think, scary in itself for a lot of people, especially if you're looking at being an influencer or content creator from an expert position over um, just having a a, a bunch of an audience or having some reason that somebody's following you. Um, An expert you have to be able to actually validate that continuously to be um, an expert. If not, uh, eventually you, that dies out. People are going to see through what you're saying, and then it becomes scary. So a lot of times it ends up that first one you put out there is that kind of jumping off period where all of a sudden people are like, okay, I, I feel good. I got some good reaction back. Let's try another one. Let's try another one. Try another. And if you keep getting positive reactions from it, then all of a sudden you're on your way and you're good to go. But I think it's initially people have to, one, be an expert at the beginning. But um, when you are, don't be scared to put yourself out there because that first step is going to be the most scary. But after that, each one becomes a little bit easier after that. What about those who are not experts putting out content? There's so much noise right now. I mean, like, don't add to the noise. I have this thing where um, people ask me different um questions about topics that I just don't really have a very passionate uh, or strong uh, supported opinion on. I don't talk about it. So there's a lot of things in our industry that I don't talk about, um, specifically around like the formulation side of things. Um, I tell people all the time, I leave the science to the smart people. I don't, I don't want to deal with it. I know probably as much as a lot of other people, but I choose not to talk about it publicly because I just feel like there's other experts that can be uh, a better source of information for them. I don't want to create more noise and more confusion in the market uh, for consumers or the business community as well. So I tend not to talk about that side of the industry. I let other people that are that are much more smarter about that than I am. Uh, but I think that people have to understand where their lane is and stick to their lane. And if they don't even understand maybe where they're an expert at, they're just going to try to like spray and pray and hope that they hit something that somebody likes, which um, can be problematic because then all of a sudden uh, you're creating a bunch of noise. You don't know who is the expert or who's not the expert. But like if I'm um, in a creative block and I can't figure out what I'm going to do, I mean, there are like go-to motivational speeches that are on YouTube that I'm going to want to go hear, right? Something from, you know, Remember the Titans or something from a Rocky movie or one of these great speeches that like Matthew McConaughey does or any of these things. And they immediately get me right back in that right mindset. So, I mean, are people going to have a demand for this? I mean, Socrates was like giving out speeches and people would like fill up the whole, the audience for whatever it was that he wanted to say, right? And I think there's just, there's always going to be a need for that. That pick me up or whatever it is. It's a little bit, I guess, of a uh, 
like a dopamine thing, like a little hit. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, why do you keep scrolling your Instagram? Like it's one of those things where I think it's just people are so it's baked into their schedule kind of now, um, which, you know, it's good for those people that can create that content. It's not, it's not for me, but you know, a lot of people make a lot more money than me creating that content. So good for them. Well, being that we have you here, I think we should do a second episode. Yeah. You guys done with that? Okay, cool. Well, we're going to wrap up this episode and then uh, get set up for another one and we'll keep it going. Okay.